Hello and welcome yep. back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Tonight, we're going to talk about if we're truly confident in this team, what the Brian O'Neill injury does for them, and who we'd like to face in the playoffs. So go and grab your Lake Monster beer and enjoy the show. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. It has been a little bit since I've been in this seat, so I want to first and foremost thank Ryan and Miles for holding down the fort this last month, and I'm excited to get into to some Vikings conversation. Uh, still, you know, still kind of winning playoffs right around the corner. Lots to talk about, but but first. I actually haven't really chatted with either of you, so we'll start with uh, just see how you guys are doing. Ryan, how are you on this evening? How was hosting the last month? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, went really well the one week that uh, we skipped because I forgot to do prep, so that was good. But no, uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, It was, uh, thank Jonas uh, for joining us all all the way from Germany at like 3 a.m. And obviously Dave, you know, putting up with me in, in my late uh of the prep of all that and of course miles last week was was great so um yeah no it was good we missed you of course because i'm i'm better in this seat than in your seat but um it it all worked out so don't sell yourself short you did did a fine job uh miles how are you i'm I'm loving the uh, i'm loving the hoodie you got there oh man i love this one this is the this one i've what i have two of them now this is my. I love this. I love this one. It's so comfortable. Uh, I think it looks good. It does. It does. I'm kind of jealous. I didn't go for that one because uh, the the picture kind of scared me off. But uh, you wear it well. You wear it well. Yeah, you struggle. You struggle with style, but that's okay. <laughs> okay, we bought the same one last time. I'm just playing. <laughs> well, before we get into some Viking conversation, I know uh, obviously. We, we should probably t- touch on uh, DeMar Hamlin in, in, in the situation that happened on Monday Night Football. It's a, it's, a, it's a reality check, I think, for a lot of fans um, and players to, to really realize how violent this sport is that we talk about, that we enjoy. Um, and obviously our, our thoughts and prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin and, and his entire family and himself and his road to recovery um miles i know you were checking before the show if there was an update did you did you see anything as of I wednesday at yeah, eight maybe, o'clock yeah maybe anybody in the chats uh who's listening could could check i was looking i didn't see anything new um i just know that we had talked um sounds like there's an update on uh the, he's still on a ventilator but there's they're pushing more he's starting to make progress and that's that's what you want to hear right like the thing you kind of mentioned just a, just a minute ago was like these are real people. These are human beings. Like I know it's easy to look at athletes and look at people like uh, celebrities, athletes. You know anybody that doesn't seem real, they're real people. Um, they're doing things like like football is a dangerous sport. Um, it's but also just should show fans and people that how quickly it can be taken away from you, and how quickly like something like bad can happen to these players. And um, it was it shook me. I know I, like I, as a former player, as someone that. I've seen some pretty gruesome injuries before. I, I've never seen anything like this in my life, and I know a lot of it. A lot of players have said the same, but um, current and former players, and um, 
Yeah, it's just scary, man. Like, like you can kind of get over a guy tearing an ACL. Not that it's fun to see, but you can get over it. Like, you can, you know, you know that person's going to be okay at the end of the day. Like, they're, mm-hmm. but like this, this one, hearing that they did do CPR on the field and just like seeing like players like Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen's faces, like that was just, it really hits you. And like, you really feel like the, the first thing I thought of was like, where's his parents? Like, where's his family? And to hear that the ambulance like waited for his mom and like that stuff, like you can only imagine what they were going through. Um, so it's, it's scary. It's scary. And like you said, we're, we're, we're thinking and praying about praying for him. And, um, we just want him to be okay. Like, it's really hard to think about football. Um, when, when something like this happens and I'm, I'm glad they canceled the game or at least po- postpone whatever they do with the game. I'm just glad the players haven't had to play or think about playing football the last couple of days. Um, I know that they have to get back to business as usual at some point, but um, it's also just good that they've taken time to reflect and go be with DeMar and his family because of how important this is. It's bigger than football. Um, and I love to see that people are donating to his, his charity as well. Um, I've been meaning to yeah. go do that. I'll do that at some point. But um, uh, if, uh, Dave, I don't know if you have it and if we could find a way to pull that up. But and we don't have to this second either. Um, and I could try to find it and send it to you too, Dave. But um, his charity, uh, it's a toy drive, I believe. But um, yeah. 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 What were your guys' thoughts and, and how are you guys doing through it? Ryan, I'll let you go yeah, first. I, yeah. Um, well, obviously, we, we were watching live, right? And I was watching it actually with my son. Um, so, you know, I, I told him like, Oh, no oh boy, he's hurt, you know, cause I did see him, you know, take the hit and then fall down. And, and, you know, obviously you just assume it's a concussion. You assume it's this, that, or the other things that we're used to seeing. Um, and then when they said they were working on him, which typically means some sort of CPR or something serious, I, I just sent him away. Like I didn't want him to watch the, the, the aftermath of that, because of course, as scary as the game is, it's still a game um, and it's still something that, uh, you know, we want probably to continue, right? Like we, we don't want the game to just go away because of uh, an incident like this. And obviously we got to take it seriously. We got to, you know, again, pray for the family, make sure that he's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't want my son to be scarred from wanting to play the game again. Right. Um, so, so I sent him away and, and, and that just went through my mind, like, wow, you know, we sign our kids up. We sign, you know, we, we hope that they get this opportunity to be able to, again, like Miles said, put their lives on the line to for for our entertainment. Like it's kind of silly when you think about it from that perspective. But so yeah, a lot of a lot of like deep thought into like, is this all worth it? You know what I mean? Like, is the game yeah. worth it? Uh, put these people's lives on. But again, how often has this happened? Right? I mean, I remember when. Um, reading and seeing and then uh, like hearing about it a long time ago, like this happened to a hockey player, Chris Pronger. And I, I played hockey growing up. Um, and so it was, it was, you know, vivid in my mind of, of this very similar scenario uh, where it was like a, a very hard hit to the chest. He got hit by, the, by a puck, hit him in the chest, put him in cardiac arrest. I forget the official name of that. Um, it's like Colio something or, um, and anyway, and, and I remember I mean, he, he, ended up returning not that game but like later that season or maybe even the next season um made a great 12-year career uh, after that moment so uh, hopefully this isn't it for demar hopefully he can recover um soon of course and obviously 
focus on the recovery and, and, and hopefully make a full recovery where, you know, his life isn't completely impacted by this from a, a day-to-day standpoint. Um, yeah. I, I mean, then just prayers with him. Yeah. I, I, <clears throat> I agree with, with kind of everything both of you said. I, I actually was not watching the game on, on Monday. Um, I got texts from people, but I was kind of doing some other things and, um, you know, it was just like the, Oh, are you watching the game? So I didn't really think anything of it. Right. Are you watching the game? Could be anything, could be a cool touchdown, could be whatever. It wasn't until later, um, that I kind of flipped on ESPN and, and, and saw what kind of transpired. And it's, it's scary. Um, again, miles, I think to your point, we often forget that these, these are real people out on the field, uh, to provide us entertainment and, and there's real risk to what they're doing. And it's kind of sad that we almost become numb to the concussions, to the, right. uh, the, the, the other injuries that happen, right? We just, Oh, whatever you see them go off the field and you, you, you just keep watching your entertainment, but these players are living with these effects. So on and so forth. I mean, obviously the Tua situation this season has been really scary as well, right? That's a guy who's had a lot of concussions and it's it's getting some attention as it should, but I think it's a, just a good reality check for fans, for for players, for everybody that these are real people. And um, obviously, with with Demar Hamlin, I hope that you know he can make a full recovery. Um, this is probably the scariest thing that we've seen since Ryan Shazier, I would say. Um, yeah, that's back, a good. That's a good yeah. Um, and that, that was terrifying watching that as a kid. So well, kid, I was, and, and another thing to ago. go along to your point real quick, Matt is like, yeah. So like, maybe let's think it twice, right. Whenever, I mean, I did it this weekend when TJ Hawkinson drops a pass, right. Because yep. he's about to get blown up and he's worrying about, okay, I need to secure this pass and I'm about to get my head taken off. Right. Or next time your fantasy player puts up a dud and you're cursing him out. Right. Like again, I get it. You know, it's money on the line and all this, that, and the other, but at the same, at, at that, you know, that's your choice to be able to, you know, play fantasy football. Like, and of course it's their choice to play football in general, but you know, they're, they're doing us a great service by providing some amazing entertainment. So let's maybe be a little bit more empathetic to, you know, the, the day in and day out situations that they're going through. Right. Yeah. There's a reason that these, these players will respond on Twitter saying they don't give a shit about your, your fantasy team. It's because yeah case in point so um before we close on that topic is there anything else either of you two would like to add or i mean there's no easy yeah one, one last thing um yeah one, one quick last thing is uh, just again kudos i'm sure everyone's uh, said this as well at some point but kudos to the crew at espn for you know putting on a a very tough task of navigating through that whole scenario um from you know Troy, Troy and uh, um, and Buck to Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark was fantastic. Booger was fantastic, um, and, and, and the whole crew, right? And all the on-site reporters—they all did great. My my only gripe, and I, I did tweet about this, is you know hopefully next time they can you know obviously you know in real time when it's happening. I, I didn't think much of it, but as I kept watching that program and waiting for the updates and stuff, they just kept showing the players as yeah. they reacted to the scenario. And 
I'm sitting here like, guys, we're literally broadcasting their like very intense trauma on on national TV, like over and over and over again. And again, like at first you're like, oh, uh, you know, you, you feel for him. But then at, like, as it kind of went on, I'm just like, guys, why do I, I don't need to see Tredavious, um, Tredavious White, like, like freaking out because he's yeah. so scared for his, you know, really good friend. Or again, Stefan Diggs with the tears coming down, Josh Allen, all of these guys, especially those DBs. I mean, you can tell that they were like, traumatized by what was happening yeah that's a that's a brother it's a brother yeah that's a brother yeah exactly you you got you love the players you love the people you play with and i can tell you some of my best friends in the world are are players are guys i played with in college like it you 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 do anything for those people and you see a brother like that you know go down and you're not just injured but like fearing for his life like that's it's like you said traumatizing right i think to your point there was a certain point when ESPN needed to stop showing the players and doing something different with that. And I, I obviously, I, I think it was it, it was it was a tough situation for everyone because this is unprecedented. So it's not one of those situations where I, I think ESPN was was doing it because they didn't know what else to do and they didn't know what the updates were going to be and hoping you know positive positivity. And also they had to assume that the game might be coming back and like those types of things. It's stuff that we should they shouldn't have had to worry about, but as their job and as like you know, like it was unfortunate, but like that everyone everybody has a, had a job to do, and it was so a lot of people were put into really shitty situations on Monday night, and Talking so they were really trying tough. to figure out, yeah, like what do we do? And I so I think yeah, so I, I agree with you, Ryan. It's just I, I try to give people grace in what with what happened oh, on Monday to a. To, to a degree, like there are some things that, you know, people take too far and those things. But um, I think most most people had good intentions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, like I said, it was just I think after like the sixth or seventh time of watching yeah. Tredavious White lose his stuff, I'm like, yeah, this like we can just like can we just like keep going back to the still shot of them like in the circle praying or, you know, you know, things like that. Or even like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the right answer was. It was all in real time. It was fluid. So I get it. Yep. Anyway, that, that's, that was the last thing I wanted to mention. So. No, I mean, I, I think it's a, a good conversation to have, you know, we sit here every week and can talk about the NFL and it'd be uh, ignorant of us to, to not, you know, talk about this topic. So um, there is no easy transition to move from, from DeMar Hamlin into, to Vikings, uh, conversation, but we're going to try our best here. So, um, obviously the Vikings this past week, uh, played green Bay and they got blown out. And so I kind of posed the question for you guys. And before I pose the question, thank you to everybody in the chat here tonight. Uh, keep the comments yeah. flowing. If you have questions, throw them on in. Uh, we appreciate it. But, um, I pose the question to you guys is how confident are you in this Vikings team? Obviously we have a playoff berth secured. Um, We're hosting at least one playoff game at us bank stadium opponent is to be determined. And we'll talk about that later in the show, but their wins have been close and their losses have been devastating, right? Like just completely blown out. And so I don't know what, what what's your confidence level with this team as we as we head into to week eighteen and eventually hosting the NFL wild card round playoffs at US Bank Stadium. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm still confident in this team. Like, of course, seeing those blowout losses are no fun. Um, how we respond to those blowout losses is important. And I think we've done pretty well at that thus far this year. Um, what I will say is like, yeah, there, there is cause to be of concern, which I don't think is new. Like I, I, I just because we got blown out in green Bay does not like change my mind as to how I felt about going in the playoffs. Our defense is suspect at best. Right. And our, uh, and, and the, and the, I guess miles, I see you kind of shaking your head. The only cause for concern that came out of Green Bay is now that our offensive line is kind of in shambles, right? I mean, we lost a you know a top five right tackle in the league. Uh, we we've lost him. Now I do have confidence in Oli Udo. I think he is a better tackle than guard. So I know a lot of people are very um, are are very discouraged because the last time they saw Oli Udo play was not great at right guard, but as tackle, he's always been pretty good, not great, but pretty good. Uh, again, a serviceable backup, right. Uh, that can work in a pinch. Uh, as I said, pre-show, unfortunately it's uh, the most important pinch of the year <laughs> uh, that he's about to step into. So hopefully that he can hold up. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I was always going to be concerned about this defense and can our offense continue to, uh, continue to play relatively consistent like they have all year in terms of putting up points. Now, mm-hmm. granted in a, in a game, they're not very consistent, right? We have a, a really good quarter and then, and then we fall off the face of the earth for a quarter and a half. And then all of a sudden we, we need to kick it in gear and go. So if, can we, can we even that out to a full game of quality offensive football? No three and outs, all of that. Can we do it? I, I do believe we can, um, as long as Oli Udo, and then hopefully we get Garrett Bradbury back, which I don't think I ever thought I'd ever say that in my life o- over the last three years. Um, <laughs> but hopefully we get Garrett Bradbury back. And uh, and yeah, and and, and I, I think that we can go, and I, I don't know exactly who we're going to play yet. The, the likelihood is uh, the New York Giants, and um, I think we can beat them. I think we had that game well in hand, Obviously, we let them come back, but we had that game in hand, and I believe that we can continue to do that again, um, and 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 hopefully really close them out, and then and then we'll you know have a look at San Francisco or uh, whoever they play, like the the Packers or the the Lions or the Seahawks at that point. So we'll see, but I, I am confident we can win one game, and then uh, let's see where it goes from there. Miles, are you confident? I remember. I remember at one point in this season, you were almost giddy about this team. Has that has that kind well, of gone away? Well, they 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 beat the way they beat that Bills game. I I I think I tweeted out. I said I'm in because that Bills game and like just how they were winning was <laughs> it was ridiculous, right? Like, um, yeah. But I was so I'll always say this. I've always had my reservations on this season. Now I, they've exceeded my expectations. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie about that, but there's still always been a reservation in my mind that this is this team really that good. And my concern has always been the way that they're winning football games is not sustainable in the playoffs, and you can't play that way against really good football teams all consistently. Like you can't, and expect to win. And we've seen it. Like I don't. I don't even like to look at the the, the especially the Cowboys and Packers game as like the like expectation for the playoffs. I don't, I don't think that's the expectation, but I look at like the bill, the bills game is a good example of that. Like the bills let them off the hook more than anything. 
And I know that they they allowed it. They like willed them themselves back in that game, but most most of the time the Bills would have would have put them put them away. And so they can't keep putting themselves in. Ryan, you kind of touched on it. They can't keep putting themselves into situations where they have to come back, or they have to they have to make a huge play in the late in the fourth quarter just to make the game so that they can win the game. Or like the, they can't. It's not sustainable. Like I know they've been unprecedentedly like sustainable throughout the season it's but like it's like historically unprecedented right and so I just don't think the way that they've been playing this season on both sides of the ball consistently you know quarter to quarter game in and game out they can win consistently in the playoffs with with that model now that doesn't mean that they can't string things together and play more cohesive consistent football in the playoffs but I do have my reservations that against these good football teams as they get into as we get into January into the playoffs that um their luck's going to run out like mm-hmm. the Vikings just blocked it they blocked the first the first drive of the game they blocked the punt had the ball on the two yard line against Green Bay you can't settle for field goals there you can't like you can't do that in the playoffs you can't do that against f- good football teams and like those types of things you can't like those margins for error are razor thin for this team because of the things that they have and Justin Jefferson's been your like everything of your offense. And if a team can even slow him down, they might not even shut him down, but slow him down, the offense usually is in trouble. And so having guys like TJ Hawkinson, you know, we need Dalvin Cook. That that whole situation right now has been rough the last few weeks. Um, do you need TJ Hawkinson to play well? KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen, like those guys need to get open. Uh, like consistent, a little bit more consistently than what we've seen because they need to help JJ out because there's going to be so much attention on JJ and the Packers might have shown a little bit more of the blueprint of like how to handle that. Now, not many teams have a, a level of cornerback like Jared Alexander to to bump and run a, a JJ, but that doesn't mean that they can't cloud cover him and, and you know, bump and run and have safety coverage on the top just to, to help slow him down. So, yeah, you, you're just going to need hero ball from this team going into the playoffs and it sucks, but that's kind of just where they're at. Do you think that there is a chance that maybe the Vikings are holding something to themselves that they haven't quite revealed to the, to the rest of the league? I I know it sounds crazy sitting here in week 18, but do you think, you think O'Connell has something up his sleeve for the playoffs or maybe they just, maybe they just play a little bit more aggressively up his sleeve. Like, that's the hard part is right. Like they're going to implement new game plans. So we right. might see some new wrinkles that we've never seen, but no, there isn't like this, like remedy and potion that Kevin O'Connell is <laughs> going to sprinkle on the team out of, out of nowhere. Like <laughs> that's going to change a lot of that, but there is, there's, there's things that they can, they can implement. And like you said, like O'Connell has been aggressive on fourth downs and like on, on, for, yeah. on like drives and wanting to extend drives. It's not that I'm not, I'm not bitching about the like aggressiveness. I think O'Connell's been pretty aggressive. I just think it's timing. You should never kick a 25-yard field goal. You should never kick a 21-yard field like though inside the 5-yard line, essentially you shouldn't kick those field goals. It's just I I just if if you're not going to score the touchdown, at least you're giving your defense a, a a long field. Like I don't know, it's just it's small things like that that I just I think I'd like a little bit of O'Connell to say, "Oh, screw that. Let's and I know Chris Reed did, had just come into the game, so I know that probably factored. But 
I just, well, I just don't and like. And then when he comes into the game, why are you running right, right at his position? Right. Like I, right, so exactly. it was, it was a very goofy sequence that seemed yeah. very un O'Connell than, than you know, than we've ever seen. It was really weird. Oh, can can we um, real quick? Can we touch? On, can we touch on one thing that I've been saying this since Kirk Cousins became a Minnesota Viking? I've not critiqued Kirk Cousins this year the, the way that other people have because I they've been winning and I I just want to win right and I think Kirk Cousins has played to the system um that man has the authority to call a fucking timeout <laughs> I don't I I it drives me nuts to watch him especially on Sunday but like it, we we've seen it in the past where if the 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 players aren't lined up if the clock's running down and you need to take ball snapped and the ball's not slap, snapping call a timeout like you don't always need your coach to be the one to call a timeout for you call a timeout if you have to especially in key situations like third downs, even like second and mediums, you don't want to get into second and longs, third and longs. Like there are key situations, especially in the first, especially in the first half, I'll say too. Like I want to make sure that's reiterated. Like, especially in the first half, those timeouts, like you don't bring them with you in the second half. So yes, you want to save them for as long as you can. But if you need to take a timeout to reset, like, please, like I know he has the authority to do it. I don't care yeah. what he says. I know he has the authority to call a timeout if you had to. He absolutely does. And I, I I think that's a good point you bring up because I, I'm pretty sure Rogers did it in the first quarter or, or very early yeah. on in that game for the Packers uh, where he either was going to get a delay a game or, or something was going on, but he just said, you know what, let's just take this timeout. Can't carry it with us. Like you said, and uh, let's, let's just get recollected and, you know, and I also agree with you too on the, 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 the fourth ground, fourth down aggression stuff. Um, there have been moments where it's like fourth and two and we're taking deep shots where I kind of question it. Um, but, uh, for the most part, even like the fake punt a few weeks ago, I wasn't mad at that. I think the execution was poor. Uh, but I liked the, the surprise, you know, fake punt pass kind of, kind of deal that Kevin O'Connell had up his sleeve there. So did you, what I I hated was, uh, was the CJ ham, uh, I forget what the play call was. Um, was it CJ Ham on like a jet sweep or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah. something like that. Uh, what I didn't like about the fake the fake punt, well, we don't have to dive too much into this. What I didn't <laughs> like about the fake punt is they were in a situation to like go for it with the offense, and I'd rather trust my offense to go for it than trust a punter to to throw the football and get yeah. a completion. And so, like if like if you know you just want to go for it, just go for it. You're not really catching people right. off guard because if you're the only way you're catching somebody off guard in, in that, like if you're running, like I'll even give them like a, a the, the the dive, like the fake with the with the halfback, um, up back, you know the the personal protector they call it, um, with the with the rush. I'll take that a little bit just because there's a little bit more variance there. But ch- trusting a a punter to throw the football, like I don't know, I I just hey, you're asking for that's, tr- you're asking for that's trouble. Former. High school star quarterback Ryan Wright, you're talking about. Yeah, so you shut your mouth there, Miles. And honestly, well, it really wasn't you, that bad of a throw. Naylor <laughs> kind of just let it go through his hands. To be honest, it was a little high, but like Naylor definitely could have yeah. caught that ball. Uh, but <laughs> it is what it is. It is. I, well, I, like, I, I agree with you, Miles. I was Kirk, like, why don't we yeah. just why don't you have Kirk Cousins throw that ball, right? Like, well, and, and Justin Jefferson tried to catch that ball. And there's another rule that um, you can't. There's no pi in those situations, so. And on fake punts, there's no PI. So you, 
kick get mugged, the, the receiver can get mugged. Like, there's no PI in those situations because it's a punt. So, I don't know. I see some yeah, Kevin well, O'Connell thing, slander in the comments, by the way. Well, I was gonna say I was I, gonna go to the comments here quick, and <laughs> we we were getting kind of we were getting kind of called out by Warren. Um, uh, I, I made my I made a comment about Ole Udo not being a great guard. Um, he said he didn't let up any sacks last year, so I had to go pull up PFF. Um, he he did allow one sack last year, which is actually not bad for a right guard, especially for the Minnesota Vikings. But he Sacks did lead the lead in. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true as well. Um, he did lead lead the league in penalties with sixteen, and he allowed forty five oh. pressures. So well, those those aren't great. But on a flip side, I want to be a little bit more positive here. Is in twenty nineteen, he had a seventy nine point seven pass blocking grade as a right tackle when he in his thirty one snaps. This year in his 61 snaps, he at uh, right and left tackle, uh, overall of 73.4 grade with a 71.4 pass blocking, 70.7 run blocking. So overall at tackle in his career, he's actually been a pretty good pass protector and he uh, at tackle and he's been, you know, a very serviceable tackle. So I'm not like, again, would I rather have Brian O'Neill? Absolutely. But like that new, like actually, I'm more worried about the center position right now. Like, I don't yeah, trust Chris Reed at fair. this point because the limited exposure we have is not great. Schlotman's gone, and we don't know what Bradbury is going to do with that back. So, I really hope we get that figured out, um, and, and we can and we can shore up the line at least a little bit enough for us to you know make this title run. So, the offensive line talk is a good transition into just the absence of Brian O'Neill. Obviously today it was announced that they put him on IR yesterday, Tuesday. Uh, but today it was announced that he partially tore his Achilles. So like any thought of maybe him coming back, it's gone. He's done. He's not coming yeah. with us to wherever we end this season, whether it's week one of wildcard round or the Super Bowl. Brian O'Neill will not be playing for the Vikings. Um, so they went out and they made a couple moves. Um, they obviously signed the center. I forget his name. You guys had it earlier. Greg Mance. Was Greg Mance. And they signed right tackle, who I thought was Bobby Massey. I'm being told it's not. It's <laughs> Bobby Evans. It's, uh, it's Bobby Evans. I, I mean, he played for the Rams. So a familiarity there, too, with Kevin O'Connell, right? Yeah. He's um, on the practice squad, too. So it's not like I don't think he's going to get called up or anything, but I think it's just depth yeah. in case you need somebody in a pinch. Yep. Yeah. So I guess my question again to you guys is in, in Ryan, you, you've sort of touched on this with the Oli Oli Udo thing, but I mean, we're heading into the, the most crucial time of the season and we're missing one of the biggest pieces on our offensive line, arguably the most stable piece on our offensive line for the better part mm-hmm. of, you know, four years now. So, like what do the Vikings do? How do we how do we go into the playoffs and attempt to you, you can't replace it, but just you know get by without Brian O'Neill? Honestly, like the right side of the line is going to be is going to struggle because because Ed, Ed Ingram struggled all season. Um, you hope there's progress there, and I think there's been some like some progression there. But overall, he had Brian O'Neill at his right, so that helped him a lot. 
that's the, uh, probably more my worry, like the center right guard situation and the tackle situation is probably more of a worry for me than, than that. But I think, I don't know exactly where Irv Smith's at in his like recovery. I know that they opened the window for him to come back, but with him coming back potentially, and if maybe he'll be ready by the playoff game, I think they need to implement more two tight end system, uh, you know, and be a little bit more heavy because those guys, him and TJ Hawkinson as a as a duo at tight end, that's pretty dangerous. And I know I yep. know Irv didn't really play up to his potential and and all that stuff, and but I I still think that they can help out the the right side of that line a little bit. You know, CJ Ham can help in those situations a little bit if they want to, you know, go a little bit heavier formations, but those guys can catch the football too. And I think that's the part that you kind of need to revamp the offense a little bit, but I think, I think it's important. And I think it might maybe, especially maybe the first game, you might catch some teams off guard because they haven't seen that much on tape. And so mm-hmm. you're still going to have Kevin O'Connell like, does have something up his sleeve. I don't know, <laughs> but I know, I know he's got stuff in his, he's in his back shit, pocket, man. right? But you know, you, you're out. You're, you guys like JJ, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne are going to see a lot of snaps no matter what. So, yep. but I think if you can find ways to maybe have a heavier personnel, that might even open things up for JJ because yeah. they won't be able to bring as much attention to him. Because if you're, you know, they'll they'll have more linebackers in the game because of the run game, like that that type of stuff. Like, there's little things that maybe they can get away with. Um, not maybe not every drive, every play, but you know, a little bit more often than they've than, than what they've been doing. I actually and think more boot, uh, and more boots in play action too. Sorry. Yeah. I, I know you mentioned it. Aaron mentioned it, obviously the two tight end sets with Irv coming back. I think this is a really good opportunity for Adam Thielen to kind of step up a little bit. Um, I know he's, he's been getting open. That's not the issue. He's just typically one of the final reads on, on a play. And for whatever reason that is, uh, but this could be a good opportunity for him if if he, if you're leaving Hawkinson in line to help block or Irv or or whatever the case may be for for Thielen to you know step up in in the playoffs here. So Ryan, how about you? How are you feeling about Brian O'Neill's injury? How are you? You know what what are you thinking for the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I have confidence in Udo at right tackle. I you know I, I don't think he's a bad right tackle. So if he if he can come in and and just be serviceable, we don't need him to be great. We just need him to be serviceable, and I think he can do that. Um, and then and then like Miles said, yeah, more two tight end sets. Whether it's Irv or not, I mean, actually, if if anything, if we are bringing in a tight end to help block a little bit, and then go out for a, a small little you know option route or a little pass route over the middle or or to the to the edge um you know uh, month can do that right i mean that's that is his job on this offense is a decent pass blocker and then and then could just go catch a dump off right or be a check down so um i, I think either way whether Irv's back or not i think that's going to work just fine um i'd rather that and then sending Irv out on these pass routes and keeping Hawkinson in uh, to block because Hawkinson's a better threat downfield. So I'd much rather, I mean, granted Irv has the potential, but he just hasn't shown us that he can do it consistently unlike TJ has. So, um, so I think we're going to probably see that a little bit more. Yeah. Like Miles said that, that play action in the boot, get Kirk cousins moving. That's going to be, Oh, look at that. Somebody. Wow. He's supposed, <laughs> he's supposed to be in bed, but he will not go to bed. So. That'll happen. That'll I happen. can't blame him. I don't want to go to bed either. Oh, he's on, he's on his way to bed. Okay. Well, there you go. Saying <laughs> good night to dad. On a wave? That's awesome. All right, um, buddy. Hey. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, I think there's going to be ways for us to kind of counteract that. Now, again, where I'm more concerned is up the middle if we can't get Bradbury back, um, just because of the fact that, um, you know, we, you know, they, there are going to be some really good defensive tackles that we're going to have to go up against in the playoffs, whether it's Philly. Um, whether it's the Packers, whether it's you know the Lions, if they make it, they have some really good defensive tackles, um, and, and and the Giants. I mean, they have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, right? Like, so there's going to be some, there's definitely going to be some challenges that are going to come with that up the middle. Uh, but if we can get Bradbury back, which again, that's traditionally been what he's always struggled against. But for whatever reason, those three have done okay this year uh, against those D tackles. So we can uh, hopefully you know, continue that and, 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 and win there. Um, yeah, outside of that, you know, like let's just get healthy. And, and again, hopefully Brian O'Neill's not out long term. When, when I say long term, I mean like into next season. Let's hopefully yeah, partially torn Achilles, hopefully as a quicker uh, return Daddy, than a fully a virus, okay. <laughs> hey, hey guys, I, I got to jump. I'm sorry. Um, That's fine. No, That's fine. We'll chat later. All right, guys. Yep. Say bye. <laughs> Dave, Dave speaking of the Vikings offensive line, we're losing miles. We need Dave to step in to the starting lineup here. Dave, can you throw yourself on screen for the remainder of this show? Uh, maybe. And I think, I think this is good conversation actually to have you, Dave, because it's the offensive line. It's your favorite unit on the field. Um, and so I'm sure you'll talk about it on your show Saturday. But um, before we jump into our final topic this evening, what are your thoughts on, you know, the Brian O'Neill injury and, and Ole Udo probably replacing him, maybe Blake Brandle if he comes back? Uh, yeah. Uh, hold on a second. I <laughs> work this. Fine. All right. There we go. I got hey, this my, set up. Uh, Matt, it's actually a, probably a real good time while, while uh, Dave gets situated back on screen. Uh, thank you oh. to our sponsors. That's Badass, Wood Art, and Lake Monster Brewing. Um, again, uh, you got to check out That's Badass, Wood Arts. Um, I, I, they have an Instagram. They got a Twitter they post yes. all their stuff. Go to their website. There's so much fun content, whether it's sports, whether it's movies, whether it's um, pop culture stuff. They got a little bit of everything over there. Make sure you check that out. It's great stuff. And then, of course, as always, uh, Lake Monster Brewing, fantastic beer uh, over in St. Paul. They always have fun food trucks. I follow I follow, um, I follow uh, Brick Oven Bus Pizza. It's like a traveling, you know, pizza bus, and they're always over at Lake Monster. Some of the best pizza yeah. out there. So um, they, they attract some of the best food trucks around the around the Twin Cities over there. So get a beer, get some uh, grub, enjoy the atmosphere. It's really good uh, over there. So yeah, good call out for the sponsors there, and also back to the to the, to badass wood art. Uh, remember that if you use c- promo code CT Pocket, you receive twenty percent off any one item. At that's badass wood art, and he makes custom pieces, man. It's not. I mean, I've kind of fallen behind here. I haven't reached out to to secure a piece, and I need to. Um, but it's great. It's great. I know the holidays. Just so he ended, does like but you, portrait ones, right? Like you can yeah. like give him a picture of your family, and he'll make it into it. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible what he does over there. It's fantastic. 
Any luck with the uh, with the camera there, Dave? Otherwise, we can just switch it to the next topic. No, we're we're set up. I don't see you on our side. No, uh, here we no. go. <laughs> you will now. Oh, there we go. There, there we go. it is. There it is. All right, Dave, give us your quick thoughts here on Brian O'Neill. Uh, it came out today, as we've all heard, it's a partially torn Achilles. Thankfully, it's not a completely torn Achilles because a completely torn Achilles takes a year to heal up. Partially torn, they both require surgery. Uh, it's a surgery that grabs the upper part of the tendon, pulls it down to the lower part, and it keeps it in place. And there's so little blood flow there, and that's why it takes so long to heal. That the, And there's not much in the tendons. That's why it takes so long to heal. But a partially one, coach was hoping that he's ready by the beginning of next season. Let's hope that's the case and that it does not affect him. We all know that big linemen, when they pop their Achilles, it tends to affect their play later as they go on in their careers because it is so important the way a lineman uses his feet and his ankles to plant to exert force off the turf. Those have to be strong. And so being partially torn is the best news we could get versus being completely torn. And that's what uh, I know a lot of people were worried about. He also said there is still a calf muscle injury, but muscle injuries heal. Not worried about that. It's that Achilles is the big deal, but he will be back next year, and hopefully there'll be no degradation whatsoever on it. Let's let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, Final topic to kind of round out the show. I know we've touched on it briefly, I think, you know, two, three weeks ago. Maybe it was my the last show I was on here. But I um, want to talk to you guys quick and just get, get your thoughts on ideal playoff matchups as we head into to, to the first round. Obviously, it's either the second or the third seed, so we're likely playing either the Giants or one of the three Seahawks, Packers, or Lions. Of those teams, Ryan, I'll, I'll deal with you. Do you have a preference on, on which of those teams to that you'd like to face? I mean, they're coming here no matter what. So, And we haven't played the Seahawks yet this season. So, uh, you know, we're missing out on that because typically we play them, feels like, every year for the past decade. But uh, yeah, what are your yeah. thoughts on, on playoff matchups? I mean, honestly, I mean, obviously it all depends on who ends up being that, that seventh seed, right? Like, am I afraid of the Packers? Not necessarily. I know we just got our butts whoops, but like, I I think we could play them, especially at home. I think we could play them well. Um, Am I afraid of the Lions? Not necessarily, but again, you know, they're a hard team to play every year and they beat us once this year Uh, or not every year, but this year and I guess last year too. Um, and, and the Seahawks, again, I, I don't really know what to think of them. I don't think their defense is overly great, but they do have some good uh, corners. So, I mean, yeah. Jefferson versus Tariq Woolen would have been an interesting uh, matchup. Um, and, and, and Geno Smith, I mean, I don't know, he's figuring it out this year. So, honestly, I think we are probably in the best position right now to be in that three seed. Now, obviously, you'd rather have the two seed because you get a home playoff game in the second game as well if – 
you were able to win that first matchup. Uh, but, um, you know, going into being the three seed, uh, you get the Giants. And honestly, I think that's the best matchup for us. I think um, I'm not overly scared of their quarterback because he's a little bit erratic. He's played a lot better this year. I'll give him a lot of credit. Um, but, you know, without the elite weapons, I mean, he's throwing to Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and, 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 and Darius Slayton, right? Like it's not like elite playmakers on that other side, which will help when it comes to us having to defend a team like that. Of course, they got Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the league, but luckily the strength of our team is our run game, our run defense. Um, and then on, on defense, yes, they have a very good defensive line, which gives me concern given our offensive line woes right now. But you know, again, we can scheme around that quick pass game. You got Jefferson. I don't think anyone there can guard him one-on-one like or even with safety help like uh, J.R. Alexander did. Um, and then, of course, you know, we played well. I think that, wasn't that the game that – no, that that was uh, – who who went off that game? Hawkinson. Hawkinson went off that game, right? So um, yeah, And Jefferson. So, and Jefferson, yeah. So, you know, you definitely have the opportunity now – Ideally, you'd love to play a team you haven't played yet because they don't have like a like specific tape on you with their guys. So that's where the Seahawks would be nice, but it's unlikely they make the playoffs anyway because they have to win and the Packers have to lose. Um, so you know we'll see, but um, yeah, I, I like that matchup with the Giants, and then just hope that whoever comes out of that seventh seed can can buck the Niners. Um, and then we get a home playoff game again that I get to go to and, and, and it'll be one of those three teams anyway. And, and one of those three teams that I'm not scared of, cause I am scared of the Niners, even though they have Brock Purdy, that defense is insane. And, um, but Hey, you know what? Jarrett Stidham just lit that defense up. So who knows? <laughs> like, <laughs> who knows? It's, it's the NFL, man. I mean, any given Sunday, right? That's why they say it. Um, I think I feel the same way as you do. I think the Giants are probably the most ideal. Um, not fond of playing my division rivals in the in the playoffs. Obviously, there's familiarity there, but I just if I could avoid it, I would avoid it. And with the Seahawks as well, um, I think it would be fun to see them. But uh, I don't know. They're, I feel like they're kind of playing with house money and. It's it's probably not a team you want to face in the playoffs. They it's Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll might get a little weird with, you know, how aggressive he wants to be, considering he's probably has like what a top three pick in the NFL draft. Like obviously they're gonna try to play to win and maybe be a little bit more aggressive than than other teams. So I think the Giants is a good a good uh a good team for us to face. Dave, you look like you had a comment there. Yeah, kind of how, explain to, to me how the Giants cannot be the sixth seed. How they can't be the sixth seed? What? Be, they are the three seeds. Go play they? the sixth seed. Yeah, right. So we're going to play the yeah. Giants. How can the Giants not be the sixth seed? Well, I'm just saying, if 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 for some reason we move to the second seed this weekend. That would be the only way we don't play the Giants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if the Niners somehow lose to the Cardinals and we beat the the Bears because they're playing Nate Peterman, right? Like that would be the only way. way Giants cannot drop down. Yeah, yep. It's it's almost assuredly going to be the Giants. No, well, that we play because it's mostly assuredly that we're going to face the third seed because San Francisco is going to blow the doors off the Cardinals 
and the Cardinals are going to have Kingsbury fired by the time he gets to the locker room type deal. <laughs> Which, um, is this what M- Matt was talking about earlier when he said, does KOC have a, a, a little trick up his sleeve? Maybe it was that we got blown out on purpose so we have an opportunity to play <laughs> the Giants and not – the Lions or the Seahawks. Insert that gif where it's I guarantee that's not maybe maybe he's playing the, the you know <laughs> yeah. the end game here like Doctor Strange. No, you never that's, know. You never know. No, you saw Justin Jefferson's reaction last week. That's not the case. Those guys were playing. <laughs> well, now if we do finish it, it, the second seed, that'll be something. And that'll be an epic yeah. fail by San Francisco, and I will give Niners sickness grief, you know, until we meet them in the playoffs. But I think the craziest thing about all of the playoff scenarios that are going on is the fact that there is a world where the Cowboys can take the first seed mm-hmm. and the Eagles would drop to five, which blows my mind the, the Eagles all season have just been like yep one seed one seed one seed and they're within a game granted Jalen Hurts has been out but they're within a game of being removed from that and dropping all the way to the fifth seed and not even having a home playoff game that's a game changer but, and honestly that's one scenario I'm rooting for because I do not want to go to Philly you put me I'll go to any other NFC team but Philly maybe I'm just scarred from you know, I guess I agree ago, because I'd rather play indoors, right? Like even if the Cowboys mm-hmm. are the one seed, I'd rather play indoors with the Cowboys and you know, and, and yeah. Philly in that weather. Um, that would be an interesting. But either way, those two the- teams are going to face each other in the second round, like because one of them is going to get a bye, and there's no way one of those teams loses to the. Well, I mean, I guess the Cowboys did early in the season; it's they did lose man. to the Tampa Bay. Anything so, I mean, will be possible. You got Tom Brady on the other side; you just never know. It's, <laughs> That guy's insane. Um, that's all I have for tonight's show. Um, I, we can. You guys want to do a prediction for Sunday's game? I mean, I I don't really know if we there's going to be anything. My only prediction: we we finally get our first win. That's not well. I guess our second win. Second. That's not a one score win. Our second yeah, win. That's not a one score win. There you okay. go. So, but, but but we got wins across the board here, huh? I mean, without them playing Justin Fields, they're not playing for anything. They're yeah, they're playing for the number one draft choice. They're going to do everything within their power to lose. Yeah, well, let them, let them. I'll take the win. Um. Anyway, thank you to everybody tonight uh, in the comments. Uh, really appreciate. I mean, there was a lot of conversation going back and forth, so I really appreciate that. Make sure you come back next week as we get ready. For Vikings playoff football, it's been a while since we've had an opportunity to talk about the playoffs, and we're going to be hyped, and it's going to be a, a fun show. I'm working on trying to get a media guest on to, to chat about it, so stay tuned for news on that. But uh, yeah, otherwise, Ryan, thank you for joining again tonight, and Dave, you can update the crew on what's next. What's next is, normally on Thursday nights, we have Viking Hot Takes with the great and wonderful Flip Mozzie and Eric Thompson of Daily Norseman. However, Flip notified me today, this morning, that a work 
project came up. He cannot make it. He has to get this in on deadline. We've all been there. We know how that goes. <laughs> so there will be no Viking hot takes tomorrow night. Sorry, folks. I wish there was, but there is not. Shucks. So that just means myself and Darren Campbell, your two old bloggers, will be here on Saturday to break down this game as much as we can, plus two other topics, which I'm sure will be interesting. I'm sure one of them will be offensive line because that's my specialty. And do I think that this line, as composed with Ole Udo on the right and Chris Reed, supposedly making progresses today in practice, can actually step up and do enough for us to win football games in the playoffs. Dang, that sounds like a fun show. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It is what it is. Before, before, wait, before we before we skull Vikings here, do I would I have a, a commitment from you too? I'll do it as well. But I, I'm just curious. Uh, <laughs> can you imitate the the playoffs like from from Jim Mora back in the day? Can you can you imitate that? Like if someone put a mic in your face and said, "Hey, imitate this," uh, you guys want to do it? I, I'm just curious because I have a, a vision in my mind what it would sound like from you guys, and I just <laughs> I want to see I want to see what it's like. I'll do it too. So. Playoffs. Okay. <laughs> okay. Playoffs. That's better. That's actually really good. That that's, was, I that's a lot better. That. What if I just didn't do it? I'll do it. Playoffs. Mine's not as good. I don't <laughs> oh, have Ryan's got, Ryan's got Ryan's got the nice little uh yeah, at that high beginning voice there the at the end. Yeah. Yeah, you got that you know, I have a deep voice naturally, but you gotta get that high, you know, that that's my exactly. singer. I'm not a Speaking of singer, Matt. Oh, yeah, that's somebody who can sing. Well, when are we getting our next song? Don't even. Hey, hey, if you're listening to this show, you go check out Matt Anderson on Instagram. Um, (laughs) He has got, I mean, he's He's got got a guitar, he's got a voice, and it is beautiful music. It is beautiful. I should whip that thing out again. It's been a little bit since I've I've played. Always enjoy it. Things have you've gotten got a, busy. So. You've got a song to write about Vikings Happy Hour. Eventually. Man, I can sing it, Dave, but you're going to have me put chords together. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> what do we say here, guys? You get a go Vikings. Go <laughs> <Skull> Vikings there. <laughs> like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. A big shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. To That's Badass Wood Art, when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody! Skull, everybody!